Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Connie Kadansky. Connie is a recognized sales expert who's focused on tackling sales call reluctance and helping salespeople keep their pipeline full. She's worked with powerhouse organizations, including Fortune 50 corporations like Xerox, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Connie has also been featured in publications, including the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, Forbes, and more. Thanks so much for joining me today, Connie. Oh, thanks, Diane. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to be um, having a great, I'm so glad we're talking about sales call reluctance as well, but I wanted to start with asking you about this happy high achiever. And I'll start by asking you if you would explain the difference between a high achiever and a happy high achiever. Yes, I'm happy to do so. Dr. Vance Caesar was doing doctoral research and he was going to go out and research high achievers. And he did. And at the end of his research, he was absolutely stunned because he found that 92% of high achievers were not happy. Wow. So he said, I need to go find out what's going on with these 8% that are happy high achievers. And he found the one telling characteristic different between the two was that when something went south for the happy, for the high achiever, they would go into self-criticism, blame, anger toward themselves and others. And the happy high achiever merely took it in stride and had a different emotional intelligence where they would just say, I did the best I could with everything I had at the time. And so he found that to be very emotionally intelligent. And it didn't mean that they didn't go back and analyze it. They just gave themselves and others a break that they did their best. So it, it's, it's a, it sounds like it's a, it's a healthier, more productive way of thinking. Yes, and uh, high achievers, the United States is full of high achievers and the sales organizations, they're full yeah. of high achievers, right? The high achiever is clutching the trophy, the win, the clothes, mm. and they are all about wanting the win. However, when you really back it up, that euphoria only lasts for a certain period of time, maybe one minute, two minutes, the day, and then they're on to chasing the next thing. And so I work with salespeople in order to enjoy the process, enjoy the adventure, and 
slow it down mentally. That doesn't mean you're not going to continue with your pro with your process. Just slow it down a bit and enjoy the journey instead of just waiting for that one big glorious contract that doesn't last that long. I see. Okay, so so what is the number one reason do you think that salespeople fail or flounder, you know, into just being mediocre? Well, when you really look at a sales model, Diane, there are five components of a sales model. So a salesperson identifies their prospect. And sometimes it's just a simple prospect. But when you look into these bigger organizations, that's where sales enablement comes in. Who's the prospect? Get as much information before you initiate contact. So identify your prospect. And we must initiate contact with that buyer in some way, somehow, professionally and ethically. Then we introduce ourselves, our product and service. Then we have the all coveted sales meeting. And that's where most sales trainers come in once we're in front of the prospect. And yes, that's really important to have that all true, good, separate sales meeting and pushing it through. And then the fifth step is to influence the prospect to buy. And so the toughest part of the sale is initiating contact and introducing. And so that's where many salespeople and seasoned salespeople struggle because we need a constant inflow of prospective buyers. And so that's where, and when that's called sales call reluctance, where they're just not comfortable in initiating contact and getting in the door. Okay. What was, um, it's so interesting for me that that salespeople are driven and motivated and you know want to achieve and want to get that sale, but they get stuck, it sounds like, at that very beginning part where they have to do that outreach. You know, which what is it about the the sales call? Or, or just the whole, any part of the process that that is uncomfortable? Or, or why is it uncomfortable, I guess, is probably more my question. Well, think about it. When we are prospecting, we are making an unsolicited outreach. Yeah. The prospect is not waiting for our call. And so we are making that unsolicited outreach and salespeople need to reconcile that that's true, right? Yeah. And then also it is, there's vulnerability involved. There's uncertainty, there's risk, there's emotional exposure. So there is a fear that, and it's, it can be all varied, that they're not going to say the right thing. And they just start second guessing themselves. They're having this major battle inside. They want to move forward, but they're sabotaging themselves by their mental habits that just keep them derailed. And so that it's very, it's not sustainable in the long run. And uh, I have figured out a way to using positive psychology, performance psychology, neuroscience, and cognitive behavioral psychology to help them 
get over this and to be able to, and I know that I've listened to different podcasts that the sales expert channel has done is having that value. What is the value proposition and positioning it right? So there's a lot of different components in successfully executing on that on prospecting. Yeah, part of it feels like, um, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, it feels like if they prepared themselves ahead of time for the reason why they're doing the outreach, like what does it mean to the prospect? What What is the potential value, as you said, what, whatever that is, but if they prepared themselves ahead of time so that they knew how they were going to engage, what they were going to say, the reason behind their outreach, that maybe that would make it less emotional and less vulnerable and, and therefore easier. Yes, that's a very good point that you made. And so salespeople need to be convinced of their value yeah. and know that they are solving a problem for their prospect and where they really are genuinely wanting to add value. And all that prospecting is, is to find out if the timing is right. Right. Yeah. It's a different way of looking at it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having said that, I think we can agree that there's a bit of a negative stereotype around selling that some people have. And I, and I, so I'm thinking that that can potentially impact people, right? I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to have that label put on myself. I don't want people to think of me that way. Is that is that part of it? And how do you get salespeople over that fear? Yes. And it is a big part of it. And it's tragic because every profession out there, I don't care what it is, there is a negative stereotype in some way, shape or form. And what you were just describing, Diane, is role rejection call reluctance, where they're rejecting the role that they actually play. Hmm. And they bought in to there's something wrong with selling. They're identifying with the negative. And this is where the mindset comes in. And it's who's hmm. setting the mind. Is fear sent setting my mind? Or is the value that I bring to the prospect setting my mind? And here's the tragedy. Sales trainers and sales managers are the carriers of that role rejection called reluctance. And they actually are contaminating the very people they inspire or that they intend to inspire by saying, don't go out there and be like those other salespeople. Well, we want to get the salesperson so in, anchored into their value that they bring that they don't identify with it. 
And so mm-hmm. the world is driven by sales and all sales is, is solving people's problem for a profit. I mean, that's all it is when you really look at it. And so that's where when really comes into the mindset and when people go into it self-centrically thinking about themselves, what do they think of me? What if they're already using somebody else? What if they don't like salespeople? So they have this negative diatribe going on in their head. And one of the keys to the call reluctance is when you're ready to prospect, just to say, this is not about me. This is nothing to do with me. This is not about me. And when a salesperson really embodies that, it changes for them. Mm -hmm. Right. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And I'm sure you know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, Guided Meditations. Uh, My favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like productivity Uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, So we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that free trial, and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Can you talk some about like other types of call reluctance? Yes. And so one of the types of call reluctance is referral aversion. And so I believe, Diane, many of your listeners are seasoned salespeople and they already have a nice business and they want to develop new business. And the best way to do that is to leverage relationships leverage relationships with your current client base to start thinking about strategic alliances who out there already has a database of your clientele to develop relationships for strategic partnerships referral and there are some people that are just not comfortable with that they're not comfortable asking their current client that absolutely loves and adores them for introductions. And the real key there is to know that when people refer, they're actually more excited about the person that is going to benefit from the referral. So if I were, I would be more excited about referring somebody to you, Diane, that you can help, that's where the energy is, then getting tied up in just referring to you. It's who can you help? And so often, does that make sense? Yes, it does. I like that. Yes. And so just think about consistently staying visible with people who can refer and developing those strong relationships with people who are out there that are visible 
and creating value for them. And then they just start referring and your our phone rings. And so that is one of the types with a referral aversion. Okay, before you go on to another type, I'm curious about something there. Um, what do you mean when you say being visible? What, what does that look like for someone listening? Well, we've got to be visible in our marketplace and where whatever our niche is and salespeople are niched. I mean, everybody has a different product or service, right? And mm -hmm. so we need to be visible in our marketplace and on LinkedIn with our current clientele, doing LinkedIn lives, doing posts on LinkedIn, articles, articles in trade journals, being on podcasts, consistently visible in our market and with trade journals. Wow, that's where the trade conference and the summit invitations come so that we position ourselves as somebody who can solve their problem, right? And so that's what I mean by managing our visibility. Okay, great. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, other types of call reluctance? Well, the over-preparer is somebody who overanalyzes and underacts. So somebody <laughs> who has so much data that they get caught up in the data. You can never, ever give them enough scripts because they're uncomfortable with the spontaneity. They're uncomfortable with the personal relationship. So they're trying to rationalize their prospecting. They're caught up in the data channel instead of the relationship channel. And so they just are so ill at ease with not knowing because when we make a prospecting call, we are moving into uncertainty. We need to move in with curiosity instead of intrepidation. So the over-preparer, oftentimes they don't wrap up very quickly and also they just don't produce as much because they're overthinking the whole process. I think a lot of small business owners who have not been salespeople in the past are over preparers. Yes. And a lot of people with MBAs yeah. that got their, <laughs> they got their MBAs and the MBA got them in the door and it's like, oh, this is a sales position. You mean I need to go out there and contact a buyer in aerospace? Well, how do I do that? Yeah. So they get too caught up in the how and the what to do instead of just really recognizing that when you really think about it, Diane, you've got a salesperson and they're responsible for business development. So there is a relationship that they have with business development. And the reason my coaching really works is because we coach to the relationship. The relationship is the third entity. The relationship between business development and the salesperson 
is live. It's generative. It's intelligence. The relationship has a voice. And to really coach to that relationship so that there can be some harmony between them. And with really very specific coaching, they can develop a harmonious relationship with their business development activity. And that's when they really anchor into their value and do not allow their fear to be the barrier. Got it. Okay. So when we think of call reluctance and the various types of call reluctance, um, if there's, you know, people who are listening and they're thinking, well, that one, you know, sounds like me. Um, are, are, what is one thing that you think they could do today that would help move them in a better direction? Well, number one, become aware that call reluctance is messing with them so that they can just admit it. I admit that I am not making my prospecting calls because I have a fear around it. So you really have to become aware and admit it. So that's the first thing. It takes humility to look in the mirror and say, mm, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with this. So that's the first thing. And then I also, I just re recommended that know your value with every fiber of your body, know your value and remind yourself of your current clientele that loves you, that feels that you're an essential partner with them, remind yourself of them. And when you pick up the phone to punch in the numbers, just say to yourself, this isn't about me. It's not about me. And so very simplistic that those are some tips. However, is a longer and it's more sustainable is to really take it on. And I can send you a free link for people to take a quick assessment on their right. call reluctance. And then also I have a more comprehensive assessment that really zeroes in on exactly what is going on. And uh, that's always an opportunity there to invest in that if people are really serious about getting on the other side of it. Excellent, well, that's great. Yeah, you, um, get me that link, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. But in the meantime, how can the listeners get in touch with you if they want <laughs> to start exploring this? Well, LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to connect with you. And also you can call me and uh, my contact information. My phone number is right there on LinkedIn. You can feel free to give me a call and also my email address. And I always just invite a telephone call to find out what's the why behind the what because it does require people to be motivated and really want to succeed. Sometimes people think they're call reluctant and in reality, 
they're just, they just really don't want to that much. They're not into it. So it's just facing reality and, and just getting into the groove. And once people get into the groove, wow, their whole world changes and they're changing the world of the people that they're working with and the prospects and clients that they're selling their products and services to. Excellent. That, that is great. Well, I really appreciate it. I think this, um, you know, as you were talking about the different forms of call reluctance, I could think of people I know who would, would fall into, you know, different types. So uh, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks, Diane. Thank you for having me. And in closing, call reluctance is nothing to be embarrassed about because yes. it's common. Yeah. Living with it needlessly is and suffering with it when it's so unnecessary. That's where people, <laughs> that's yeah. where they can get a little bit embarrassed. Like, what, why am I, why am I suffering like this? What's the solution? Yeah, for sure. I'm really glad that you said that. I think so many, I know people that I encounter will, will think I'll say to them, well, this is not uncommon and I'll go wow really they really think they're everyone else has got it figured out oh they don't and this no. pandemic <laughs> that where many of seasoned salespeople they used to have really healthy lead generation channels of mm -hmm. trade shows and conferences and different things like that and it's been totally taken away from them so it goes back to their telephones their ATM machine yeah yeah, which is tricky, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't duck and dodge your phone. Somebody yeah. told me the other day, she goes, I don't dare pick up my phone because it might be a salesperson. I said, wow, what if it's your next best prospect turning into a client and you, <laughs> you decided not to pick up your phone because you were so worried it was a salesperson. <laughs> so we have to get real with ourselves for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Well, great advice. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.